the birthplace of the Bohemian Revolution from Cowork 591 mm. Studios in the Annex. This is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network with producer Blake Tempest. I'm Jim Gillespie with co-host Dale Reber, and this is the Jessup News for December 18th. 2023. Almost over, isn't it? It is. We're going to make it. On today's podcast, we celebrate the holidays in the band gazebo, um, and and we go back on that. We talk about winners and losers. We talk about the 2023 award winners and losers for that that part. Got to have the losers if you have winners. Yeah. We talk about the Steve Brown Arts Center supporter, Donnie Jacobson who's been a, a guest on here and, and a great supporter for us. We give you the top stories in Jessup, Iowa, and we discuss service and art. The Steve Brown Art Center is a 501c3 nonprofit that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will showcase existing creatives who reside within the community, as well as a pop-up series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagement. The long-range vision is to house a rural artist residency program for professional and emerging artists in all areas of the arts and the humanities. Artists will be offered accommodations and studio space in exchange for the contribution of labor and maintenance of the buildings and the ground. Let's get right at it, Dale. All right. Um, Let's go to the winners and losers for this week. Oh, just for the week. Okay. Just for this week. I have for the whole year. Okay, well, then let's (laughs) win. I'm ready. Go ahead. Um, We can. You want to do this week? Let's let this week go by and just do the yearly thing. Is that all right? right? That's all right. right. That's that's all right as as our... uh, Viewers and our listeners understand um, we we are organized chaos, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but but I'm sure by now you understand after yeah. over 50 shows. So, and, and I'm proud to say that the weeks go by fast, don't they, Blake? All right, so let let's go right to it. This is the year, and we're doing the the year 2023 in review. Right. So we've got a list. I took the list over to Dale's house, gave him a chance to do a little research, actually, rather than catching him off balance. So let's start, Dale, with the 2023 death of the most influential person. Who'd you have? Okay, I chose Henry Kissinger. Ah. uh, Former Secretary of State, and uh, people probably today who weren't around at that time do not realize uh, the impact this man had on politics and world events when he was uh, in his prime. And there was even talk, he was born in Germany, was an immigrant from Germany, and there was even talk of maybe we can change the Constitution so he could run for president even. And so he had a lot of, uh, he uh, did a lot of good things, especially with relationship with China and then with the Vietnam War and everything. And he kind of uh, messed up later on with, uh, with the arms deals that kind of messed up his legacy, I think. But uh, he was a very, you, you cannot believe how a non-elected person could be so influential in this country. And he had the ear of presidents and kings and leaders all over the world and was very well respected. And a lot of the things he uh, advocated for came true. You know, they, they happened because uh, he brought them up and he pushed them. And so, so I chose Henry Kissinger. 
My choice for this most influential death of 2023 was the great running back, Jim Brown. Okay. Now, before we, we say, well, he's only sports, um, Jim Brown was actually involved with Martin Luther King Jr. He was involved with Malcolm X. He was involved in civil rights movement. Arguably the greatest athlete ever to play in the NFL. Um, he was a renaissance man for his for his time. He was in movies and on television. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Brown had a great impact on on the culture. I I think Henry Kissinger probably had the world. Jim Brown would have been more the United States. Sure. Okay. So that's a good one. All right. Okay, so the 2023 world's biggest news story of the year. Kind of tied the uh, problems in uh, Israel and Gaza and then also the fighting in Ukraine that uh, many times in history, little bitty firefights have blossomed into things such as world wars. And uh, that thing in Israel scares me because uh, that's one of those things where things could get inflamed so much that there's no turning back with lots and lots of countries involved. And also uh, with Ukraine, with the United States government uh, in stalemate and not able to help them, I think uh, if the Ukraine government falls or if they fall to Russia, I think that in turn will turn into a lot of bad things in the future. And so I think those news stories that are happening now will impact us a lot in the future, depending on which way they go, of course. But they have real potential to be bad things. So that's what I chose. Those are really good. I have for the year 2023 artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's a good one, too. Yeah, Yeah. the the artificial intelligence can get us into the same situations that you're talking about, Dale, with getting the voice, getting our, our... our vision online and people seeing us online, they can change that so easy now that we're on YouTube. Blake, I don't know how you block them for us. <laughs> stop that. I know Dale and I will be butchered at some point. With our, <laughs> They'll be after us, we'll say so. Yeah, but, but if you go back, you know, the in, I don't know if you realize, remember this in September, the Ferens boy that was the or that is the offensive coordinator for the for the Hawkeyes was blamed for say for telling telling people to to kiss his mm-hmm. his um, backside. Yeah, and it wasn't him at all. Mm-hmm. And it took about a day to get that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they and it looked just like he said it. So they, I'm afraid something like that. The better it gets, get that in the right. Get that to a, an Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be really bad. Yeah, no, it's scary because they have this uh, political commercial now where they have, it's a split screen and Trump's on one side and DeSantis is on the other end. It shows uh, DeSantis mimicking whatever Trump does. You know, he does the same thing over there. And who knows how they put that together. But I think, I know these people are spending millions of dollars on political ads, but if you believe anything they say, you're... you're you know, you can't trust it. You just can't trust it. And the one where uh, poor Nikki Haley, they get after her because uh, she said one time that Hillary Clinton inspired her to get into politics. Well, I bet a lot of girls and women were inspired to get into politics by Hillary Clinton. Doesn't mean they follow, they agree with her with everything, but her example of uh, 
of working with her husband when he was president and going out on her own, becoming a senator and running for president. I think a lot of girls took that as, hey, it can be done. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with her saying that, but they're making it out like she's a traitor to the Republican Party for something she said probably 25 years ago. Yeah. So if you believe those political ads, you're, you're, you're uh, doing yourself a disservice, I think. You can't believe anything that's on there because you just don't know. No. That, I'll start with this one. The 2020 movie of the 2023 movie of the year um, was the movie Rustin. I spoke about that a couple weeks ago, actually, on here. Um, Rustin, uh, the star of it, was Coleman Domingo about um, Baird Rustin. He was a man that that uh, organized the March on Washington back in 1963. Oh, sure. I remember and, you talking about him. Um, yeah. Because he was, he was homosexual, um, he, he was hidden by... By the uh, by the civil rights movement, yeah, and, and he probably had as good of communication skills as Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. But he was caught he was caught in a car with two two men out in uh, California when he was young. Um, he was and and he was openly homosexual in the 1960s when it was unacceptable. Yeah, and because of that. Um, <clears throat> Um, he never got the uh, the recognition that he deserved. Yeah. So that that was beard, the movie Rustin. Okay. I chose uh, Top Gun Maverick because that was one of the first ones to come out after the code was all through, and it was a big blockbuster, and it really got people back into the theaters, I thought. It really kind of revived the movie industry after it been sitting there dormant for a year or longer. And so I thought that that was a very influential movie, in the, of what it did for uh, show business and making movies. And of course, then they had the actor strike, so it all yeah. <laughs> fell to pieces. But at its time, uh, <laughs> it was very influential. And I thought it was interesting that, that Tom Cruise and I can't remember the other, but they, the next movies that came out that were big, they bought tickets and made advertisements saying, we're going to go see these movies in the theater themselves. They had pre-purchased tickets trying to... Uh, not just for their own movies, but for movies in general, get people back into the theaters. And so I thought that was uh, a good move on their part. So did I you, thought it was a very influential movie. Did so. you go to that movie? In yes, the I did. Yeah, did t- yeah. and uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. You so, know, th- yeah. There were a couple others that were, that were very influential. Um, they were posted as Barbenheimer, you know, the mixture of Barbie and yeah. Oppenheimer. But see, they came out after this. This one came out first because right. they had worked on it before. And then so when... The COVID restrictions were lift, lifted, this sort of thing. They were ready to finish it up, put it together, get it out there. And so that's why. But, yeah, those movies you mentioned were very – though I – did you see the Barbie movie? I didn't. I did. No, no, no. <laughs> you, I would not do it. I can't even wear a pink shirt. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> all right. So who was the entertainer of the year for uh, 2023? Got to be that Swift girl, right, Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah. Never. I tell my son, I said, I don't believe – because I listen to 60s radio and 50s radio, and so I don't believe I've ever heard a song of hers sung from beginning to end because I'm not listening to that music. Uh, so it was kind of a surprise to me when she all at once, you know, she just, I guess she didn't explode because she's been around a while now. She's in her 30s, but uh, this huge popularity that she has uh, caught me by surprise because I, I, I did not know her. I still, I guess I still don't know her, but... Uh, is it Tony Roma thinks she's married to? <laughs> did you hear that? No, no. Oh, I didn't he mean. referred to on the football. 
they showed her her up in the in the box in the booth, and they he referred to her as uh, Kelsey, Kelsey's Kelsey. wife. Yeah, and got a lot of feedback from that, I guess. <laughs> so. The uh, Kelsey, Kelsey uh, or not, not Kelsey, but Romo is uh, Romo. At first, was a star for CBS, and CBS is after him right now because he doesn't prepare a lot for his, oh. you know, we could have him on our podcast. Yeah, well, he would fit right in. Yeah, huh? he yeah. would fit right in with us, I think. I've only uh, seen, I'm sorry, we, already, no. we done? Okay, I've only seen him one time. I was at a Chicago Cubs game, and they had this catwalk up there that goes into the broadcasting where Harry Carey is and this sort of yeah. thing. And Roma was going to sing the uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the seventh inning. Right. And so you could see him come out of the box and walk along the catwalk to go into that booth to do that. And when they announced his name, the Cubs fans, of course, just booed him like crazy. Right. And I, got, I thought I, I, I was very amused by that because yeah. so, <laughs> he was a big Cowboys guy. So. All right. All right. All right, I had, I had a tie here. Um, Taylor Swift and Coleman Domingo, I mentioned them earlier, on, uh, from the movie uh, Rustin. Okay. Um, Coleman Domingo is absolutely amazing. They did a nice job on his, <clears throat> on his uh, makeup. They, he, they change, he changed his voice. They, they do amazing things with people's ages in the movie. They yeah. make people older. They can make people young yeah. in the movie. It's, really, yeah. it, it, it's amazing. And with his AI... That, they'll be able to do that a lot more, I yeah. think. I think Blake could freshen us up a little bit if he put his mind to it. I so think, I think yeah. we ask him to do that. Yeah. So like, we'll stay in the entertainment a little bit. Who is the 2023 Athlete of the Year, Dale? Well, I chose uh, that young Mr. Purdy that plays football for San Francisco. Uh, his story is very interesting. How he just kind of came out of nowhere, was the last guy drafted, and one guy gets hurt, another guy gets hurt, he gets a chance to play and lights out and doing really, really well. And then to get hurt and not play or, not, you know, take the summer off to rehab and then to come back this fall and, and some people say he's the MVP of the National Football League right now, the way he's playing. And so to me, that's a neat story. And I also chose Caitlin Clark for the women's side. I think that uh, her story is uh, fantastic. I was going to come in on her a little bit later, but uh, what she has done women's basketball and probably women's sports in general, I think, uh, can never be overemphasized. She has really, uh, I think, gotten a lot of attention for women's sports and a lot of fans to women's events. And I think a lot of little girls are going to start bouncing basketballs around and playing volleyball and all this stuff, seeing what can happen if you put your mind to it and you want to do it. So I want you to watch for a lady out in Utah. Her last name is Pilly, P-I-L-I. Okay. She had 30, 34 or 37 against the number one team in the nation um, the other night recently. And she's 6'2". She's, she's uh, and my, my female post players taught me not to call post players big women. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. she's a post player for yeah. Utah. Yeah. And she's incredible. Yeah. I mean, she, she's from a village up in Alaska. Yeah. And, oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And she uh, basketball is huge. In I know you have talked yeah. about that before on the show. And yeah. So, yeah. well, I think I think if you would if you would find four or five, six or more women that could play basketball like Caitlin Clark, I think that'd be wonderful. Right. You know, it's not just this one that happened in Iowa, but there's a lot of girls that can play really, really well. I think that would be great for for the sport. And so, uh, yeah, the more the merrier. Bring them on. So. The, the I'm I'm watching. I you know my Google feed. 
I must have clicked on something. My Google feed shares news from LSU. Okay. Um, and remember, LSU beat Iowa in the national championship mm-hmm. last year. They're having a lot of internal strife. That's what I've heard, yeah. And because, because of that, um, the lady, a lady um, either walked off or was kicked off here this week. It, it, I, I wonder, because a lot of... A lot of Five stars went to LSU. They Louisiana has uh, a different um, name, Im- image, and likeness law than Iowa or a lot of states. Louisiana and Tennessee probably have the best name, name image, and likeness. Um, and I'm not talking just football or basketball, but the laws. And I wish I was smart enough to tell you why they're better. Yeah. But the, every, everything that I read and hear says that. And LSU is going through having big names there. Yeah. So so it'd be interesting. But you're right. Kate, Caitlin advertises herself, and she advertises. She, she shares with her teammates as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, my, my athlete of the year was is and was Shohei Otani. Okay. The... <laughs> You know, I have him play here in another category. Uh, okay, uh, Shohei Otani yeah. had was one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball, and he was one of the best pitchers. He was ten and three this year, mm-hmm. and he just recently received what was it? A three quarters of a billion dollar contract, yeah, seven hundred million. Yeah, with with the with the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers might have the first three hitters in the Dodgers lineup might be the best three players in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So 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 he is. Well, I have some news about that. If well, I'll, I'll bring it, well, I can bring it up later. I have him down here on the list. I'll bring right. it up later. Okay. All right, we'll talk about that right. later. Who is who is the international winner of the year? Yeah. Well, I had trouble with this, but I, I this uh, President Zelensky of the Ukraine, for him to still be in office and still have as far as Everything I've read, the people of his country behind him, and he's still working hard trying to uh, defeat the Russians and get uh, uh, other countries to support him. And so uh, it'd probably be real easy for him to get discouraged after all this happening. It's been another whole year and everything. But uh, from the news reports I've read, he appears to be still has a strong mindset and is very confident that he's going to prevail in in this battle. And so uh, I chose him. He he. He is in our country this week, I think. Yeah, he he uh, has been talking to people yeah. in Washington D.C. So, um, we it, it's weird. Um, the Russians were our arch enemies for for years, especially to the Republican Party, and the Republicans are almost pro-Russian. Anyway. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't under I'm not a smart enough person to understand why, Dale. Yeah, I don't either. My my international win of the year was Shohei Otani, obviously for the income that he made for him and his family. He did his contract was unique. Um, first few years, up until thirty five, he takes like two million dollars a year. Something yeah, like that's that. just a possibility. So you go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> All right, it was no. just in there. I saw it tonight, so I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I won't talk about. Oh uh, well, you can. No, no. Well, I'll save that for us. All right. Okay. Um, who is the international loser of the year? Well, I put Putin down because uh, if you can imagine uh, us attacking Mexico with a huge army 
you know, military budget we have and everything, and only getting, you know, 25, 30 miles in and then getting stopped like, a, you know, kaboom, and even driven back some, uh, I think there'd be an outrage in this country. And for him with a huge amount of uh, firepower at his disposal to be stuck the way he is really shows the weakness of his government and how they were entirely unprepared <coughs> to wage any kind of war like this and how stupid it was to go in unprepared and the thousands and thousands of, of young soldiers that are getting killed in his army who shouldn't be there, who are not trained and don't have the right weapons, and yet they are getting uh, uh, slaughtered, I think shows again his total uh, lack of regard for anybody but himself. And so I, uh, I think he's a big loser. I think history will show him as, as a big loser. You go back, Dale, to World War One, and Tsar Nicholas, took a lot of casualties from World War One and would put them in refrigerated warehouses because so many people were killed sure. and did not want their families to yeah. know that they were killed. Yeah. And so they would you know, they would go for weeks, many times, months and not hear from their families yeah. and then get a death notice. Um, and and I'm afraid that probably Putin is doing the same thing. Yeah, he's uh he's not a very nice man, no. I guess is the best way to put it. And uh I, I don't have much to do with people that have no regard for other people's lives just because you don't have to. And some of the greatest generals we've had were great generals because not only could they win battles, but they cared about the people that fought for them and did everything they could in their planning to make sure they had as few casualties as possible. And so uh, I think that's what makes uh, – I mean, war is never good, but uh, you uh, – you need to have as few casualties as possible. The, That's right. I would hate to have fought in World War One. What a terrible! If uh, you think about all the crap that went on there, uh, and, in, and even gosh. just like the flu, killed more people than the bullets did. You know, and then all those charges across no man's land just to get mowed down by machine guns and this sort of thing, uh, idiotic. And uh, just athletes foot in the in the in the bunkers alone. Oh know, yeah, walking in the water all the time. Yeah, the rats were the rats huge were and. Uh, I mean, you saw the, the Kirk Douglas movie, and it's actual happened where the French soldiers weren't uh, attacking with enough aggression, and so they took one out of every ten and executed them just oh. to, to pep up the rest of the guys. You didn't have to be guilty of anything. You just drew by lot, and every now and then they shot somebody because they weren't fighting uh. hard enough in their opinion. And so, uh, you know, that's the kind of, again, arrogance that leaders had uh, that the value of their soldiers was, was so minuscule that, uh, well, they, there's something coming out about uh, the soldiers. I think it's before America was involved. At Christmas, they just kind of called their own truce. And they met out in the middle of no man's land and had a little Christmas tree and sang some carols. And the leaders got all upset because, you know, how can you fight a war if the soldiers aren't mad at each other? Right. And so they put a kibosh on the whole thing. But... Uh, <coughs> I think there's something, either a book or a movie or something coming out about that that event. But, uh, yeah, if the soldiers don't fight, then you can't have a war. Uh, and yeah, that bothers right. the, the leaders. Yeah, it, <clears throat> it does. Uh, my losers, or my loser of the year was this one, uh, the international FIFA um, championships this year. Mm -hmm. And a huge celebration. But I noticed the coach wasn't celebrated with. Well, it came out that the coach was a big sexist, and they tried to run him out when he, they got back to Spain. Well, they didn't run him out, so the, the country turned on the head of FIFA in Spain, and he resigned 
went to a press conference to resign, said, I don't resign. I'm not resigning. I'm not going to be pressured out. Yeah. Well, took so much crap that he finally did resign. Um, but it is, uh, the Spanish women were incredible in, uh, this year's World Cup. So that they, but they were losers because of their, their leaders. Yeah. Um, the national winner of the year. Who do you have? Okay, that's why I put that Otana down for that, for a couple of reasons. One, of course, you've mentioned what a tremendous uh, baseball player he is, but uh, he's also smart and has some smart advisors. So he's got a ten-year contract for seven hundred million. He's only taking two million dollars a year, and he's deferring six hundred eighty million dollars. That will be paid to him from 2034 to 2043 in equal payments. This helps the Dodgers with their luxury tax problems. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't need the money. Right. So he's going to take $2 million. But they said that by the time he's drawing that money, the big money, the California tax rate is 13.3%. Well, at that time, he will be living somewhere else probably, probably Japan. And so he's going to save a lot of money. <laughs> on not paying those California taxes. And so I think uh, he has gotten some good advice and it must have a head on his shoulders to figure all this stuff out. But uh, So I thought that was really neat how he's got the money, got the contract, but he's helping his team off the field in a way that they need help and also uh, securing his future, I would think his great-great-grandchildren's future, uh, all the way along, you know, so... Uh, now, now... So I thought he, he, he did really, really well. He oh. did. He did. And, you know, everybody thinks he was a winner here, but the, the owners were the winner here as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Because the winners could borrow that money mm -hmm. and have that money on the account, turn around yeah. and invest that yeah. money for the next 10 years. Yeah. And they're going to make money off of that, off of that yeah. um, account. I wish I could remember the player, but he was talking about he quit playing years ago, but he said he gets a million dollars a year from his team for, for 25 years or something, you know, that he had deferred that money so that he has a guaranteed income in his old age. And I thought, well, that, you know, that would be a smart way instead of getting, you know, $50 million a year and all those taxes, way, you know, get 25 or whatever you can live on. Could you live on $25 million? And then have that money deferred. Yeah. It helps your team and also kind of gives you a life insurance policy in your old age as far as uh, steady income. So, so, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I, I, I'm sure a lot of players are doing this one way or the other. Barry Bonds. Was it Barry that, Bonds? Yeah. Okay. Barry Bonds on that issue runs out in 35, the same year that Otani's big big numbers start. Oh, okay. But the Bonds also gets the interest every year. Oh. So he gets $1 million and then eight hundred thousand extra dollars. Okay, as I understand year. it, Otani is not taking any interest. There's really? no interest involved. The, there's an article in the Register today, uh -huh. but he's not taking any interest. If I read, if I remember that, I just read it a few minutes before I came on air, and uh, he's not taking any interest. He's just taking uh, equal payments of that six hundred eighty million dollars uh -huh. for ten years or whatever. So uh -huh. I don't think there's any interest involved from the. I have to read it again now that you brought that up. But you know, uh, we might be able to run quite an arts center with that. <laughs> yeah. with that kind of money. Yes, we could. Yeah. And, you know, half for salaries and the other half to. Build a building. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, so the uh, my national winner of the year was performer Harry Styles, and I, I've never f heard an entire song by Harry Styles either. But he is. He would be Taylor Swift of males. Okay. Um, 
you know, sort of took over for Kanye. Kanye, I've read a lot about Kanye, and Kanye was very intelligent, but is dealing with uh, some mental issues. Yeah, and and Harry Styles has has overtaken him through income and and like yeah. so. Jimmy Fallon mentioned the, the Beatles one night on his show, and then he said, "For those of you who don't know who the Beatles are, imagine four Taylor Swifts in matching suits." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which is about the, the, the reaction they got from people was the same as she's getting. So right. that's amazing oh, what she can do, yeah. how the crowd she can draw. So. She, she and everybody thinks, uh, you know, I could go out and sing. She performs three times a week in front of, oh, 70,000 people. Yeah. You know, for two hours. It, it is yeah. amazing what she does. Well, my daughter went to see, she took my granddaughter to see the, the movie that she made of this concert. Right. And she is just absolutely fantastic. And so the place was just full and just everybody, you know, all excited about just watching her in this movie. Yeah. And so uh, that's quite a reaction. So That is. That yeah. is. Um, the National Loser of the Year. Who do you have, Dale? Well, I have Ron DeSantis because uh, when he first came out, I didn't know anything about him. He first came out with his press conference about running for president, and he had this young wife, and these two little children, very adorable and everything. I said, man, this guy against these old people that are running on the other end, are, he's going to be hard to beat. But it just seemed like he's been shooting himself in the foot all this time, and he cannot seem to make any ground up. And so uh, I think for whatever he had going for him, I think he lost it all from, from what I can tell, at least from what I see here in Iowa. And so uh, I think right now he's my loser of the year. That's a, that's a good one. He doesn't have... The social skills that a politician needs to have. Yeah. I also had uh, a note here about the country is all this organized theft, these gangs that crash into stores and break cases and steal stuff, and that's becoming a real problem and billions of dollars in loss to the businesses, which makes our prices go up and the things we buy. And so uh, uh, that seems to be a real, real problem that in the big cities they're not – able to get a handle on right yet right yet and so uh so i think that's something to keep an eye on as far as uh how it hurts this country yeah that is that is you talked about oh what did you call it where these packages at your door yeah what's that called porch pirates porch pirates yeah, yeah. that you know that that is stuff that you just don't imagine you know most of the stuff is not that valuable i mean maybe not not your order i don't know what you could order that would be uh expensive but uh, I would think most of that real expensive stuff, you would take more precautions as far as having it delivered. I right. don't know. But someone wants to steal your bedroom slippers that you ordered or whatever for your grandfather. Why? Uh, so I don't know. Because as far as I can tell, they don't know what's in the box. They just see a box and they go and get it. Yeah. And so. Uh, I've thought about getting a camera. And there, there are a lot of hunting cameras out of my place, around yeah. my place. Yeah. But I don't have a direct camera on my house. Yeah. And I don't either. I just. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, they, if they want it, they're going to take it. Well, yeah. If anybody wants my electronics, they're in bad shape because yeah, yeah. they're all about as old as I am. It's just yeah. pretty sad. So. Uh, my, my loser was George Santos. Okay, um, yeah. I believe he's the sixth congressman to be kicked out of the House of Representatives yeah. in the over 200 years yeah. of our country's history. Yeah. Um. Just did some stuff, Dale. Um, <laughs> Defies belief, doesn't yeah. it? You know, he lied, said his mother was a a genocide survivor. Um, he said he adopted 
dogs. He said, you know, just lied, yeah. And, oh, yeah. lied, lied, yeah. stole from his, stole from his uh, account. So he, and yet he, in the in the, the house, you know, they were some problem because they wanted to keep him because he's part of their majority. Right. And so even though he's a rascal and well, that's the, the nice word for him, they said, well, we'll keep him around because he votes with us, you know. But well, that's. That's not good for New York, his district, or it's not good for the country no. to think like that. But yet that's what's going on, and that's what the problem is. Uh, it's I'm, all party loyalty. I'm not sure when that election is. If that is if that is the second Tuesday of January, I'm not sure. It has to be pretty soon because I, I, the governor of New York has to call for that election, I believe. Yeah. But George Santos is my loser of the year. Um, He's a good one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So the Iowa winner of the year, Dale. Well, I picked the uh, anti-carbon pipeline people because there was some big money behind this plan to put this pipeline through Iowa to pump away the carbon that's produced by the ethanol plants or whatever. And uh, they wanted to use eminent domain to take people's land if they wouldn't sign it over. And uh, as of right now, as far as I know, the, the protesters have won the day and they're pretty much abandoning their plan build this pipeline. So I thought to fight the system and fight the big money people and to win out uh, legally, not blowing things up or whatever, but going through the court system and this sort of thing, I thought that was a good thing. So I thought uh, they're they're my winners for Iowa. I wonder where, and we haven't done a very good job, or I haven't done a very good job on reporting on this, I wonder where the wind turbines are for south of town right now. Yeah, I have not heard anything. There was an article, though, about how you can... Just simple little things with those things, with the turbines, to uh, keep the birds and bats away from them so that not so many are killed. Right. And one one was just like paint one blade black and the other blade white and that kind of thing. There was just simple things you can do to protect the birds and the bats from being killed by those things. So the purpose of the article was to say, you know, we shouldn't uh, get all upset by it. They can be fixed. You can, for very little money, you can make them safe for birds and bats and also quiet the noise down a little bit. And so they were really pushing. You know, they thought wind turbines should be an important part of our right. uh, uh, energy system. So so I don't know. I've not heard anything more. And those things a lot of times take a lot of time. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of regulations you got to go through. So yeah. Uh, so I have not heard anything more about that. My, my winner of the year in Iowa was uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Led her team to the national championship game as one of the lead NIL people in the women's game. Is uh, I see she just signed a contract with Gatorade. Yeah. Um, she yeah. she she does a good job of representing Iowa basketball and women's basketball in particular. Yeah. Um, she is my Iowa winner. Okay. Um, the Iowa loser of the year deal. I chose the public schools. I think the, what happened with the legislature this last year and all the money that was siphoned out of the public education system to go to private schools and then all of the, uh, I guess you call it censorship where people are all excited about different books and, it's, and some of them have been taught in the schools for years. I just think that uh, once you start propping up private schools that are a lot of the way unregulated and schools that do not have to provide for people that have uh, certain problems, uh, I, th I think that's uh, a bad thing. So I think the public schools were the big losers this last year. 
You know, I see that in Independence next year, there's going to be a Christian school. Yeah. Uh, just saw that in the paper, and John Clasmo does a nice job of reporting that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that makes three, you know, they have they have St. John's, you know, and that goes K-8. They have, obviously, the public school. Now they're going to have a Christian school. Yeah. Well, there's a display in Des Moines now, I think it's just for two weeks, of the devil. And it's getting people all excited. And uh, the governor said we sh- that people should just pray for it to go away or whatever. I don't know. But if you started a school devoted to the devil, that would be a religious school in a way. And uh, that's, I don't think that's what the Christians think. It's going to be Christian churches, Christian yeah. schools. Most of it is going to be. But it could very easily turn into something that... that uh, they're not going to be happy with because once the door is open, anybody can walk in it. And so uh, I think I, know, it's, I like it when church people don't get involved with <coughs> public government because every time you think of a state where the church has a big influence in how the government is run, things don't go well. I and so I, I just don't care for that at all. And I think the more they get involved with government, the worse things are going to be. I see many of the parochial schools in our state are raising their costs mm-hmm. more to go to them. So the prices are going up. Well, sure. You know, they're mm-hmm. get, they're yeah. not only getting the the money from um, property tax, but they're also getting more tuition, more money, tuition or, money. Yeah. Well, same with health insurance. You know, once health insurance became the thing, then medical costs went up. Because if they say, okay, Medicare will pay $800 for this operation, we only charge $300. But if we can get eight hundred, we'll charge eight hundred, and I think uh, it's the same thing with that. With what you're talking about, that's, uh, yeah. it, you never save any money. Whatever you got, the cost will rise to meet whatever your income is. Yeah, and so you never get ahead. I don't. Think. It, it is. It is. There was big. There was a big study out. And Kenya has universal basic income, and they're huge, huge success mm-hmm. with that. Um, and people in our country just argue there's no way inflation will get out of control. Well, there's no inflation in yeah. Kenya. Yeah. But they still want to argue that. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right. Numbers numbers go up. You can't stop it. It was on 60 Minutes, the coal miners in West Virginia, uh, to get to the coal, they used to drill through coal and they got black lung disease later in their career. Well, now a lot of people in their 30s are getting the black lung disease, and they found that they have to drill through more rock now to get to the coal than they used to and the rock dust is finer and so they're breathing this in and so their lungs are basically turning into rocks and so they can't breathe Uh. and so they're fighting and you know who's fighting this the people that own the coal mines they don't want to pay out anymore to have these people treated or uh, they talked to the one miner uh, and he was afraid he had his of retribution but he said that uh when the inspectors came to the mines, the first person that saw them would call down in there, and they turn on all the fans and all the cleaners and this sort of thing while the inspector was there. And then when the inspector left, they turn them all off again. And these people are—I mean, can you imagine your lungs? His guy was 34 years old, had a wife and two kids. You know, his his lungs are basically turning to rock because of that silica, or whatever yeah. that they're breathing in. And so. Yeah, that's, that's not right. Yeah. You know, that's not right that people should have to die to make a living. And the guy said, I make a good living. You know, he made like $75,000 a year, but it's killing him. And he can't work anymore, and he's 34. My, my last year of teaching, um, I went out 
and spent Christmas with my cousins out in West Virginia my, at my grandpa's farm. I hadn't been there for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Wonderful Christmas. And I said to my cousins, well, what are there for jobs around here? They said there are three jobs, working in a convenience store, driving a coal truck, or working in the coal mines. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's it. That's it, yeah. yeah. You know, and they pay those guys very well. The problem is they kill them. Yeah. My losers of the year in Iowa was the uh, University of Iowa and Iowa State University <clears throat> and the illegal gambling scandals mm-hmm. that hit both. The NCAA has since changed that, so you cannot gamble on your own. It 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 rocked um, it rocked our it made our state look bad. It was national store for a long time. But yeah, it, gambling is a big source of income for NCAA and professional sports, though. It is. It's just uh, yeah. very hypocritical, I think. So let's get let's get to local here. <laughs> the, the Jessup 2023 <clears throat> Man of the Year. Ding, okay. Ding, ding, ding. Sorry, okay. we don't have the music. We'll, we'll work on that. Okay. I chose Mike Fettgetter, a uh, great guy, and a couple of things. He was instrumental in all that NASA stuff we had at Farmer's Day. He organized all of that stuff, made all the calls, uh, all the emails, got the contracts, and uh, found stuff for us, and uh, practically a one-man show for that, and uh, did a tremendous amount of work. And then... Uh, I don't know, you've seen the progress on the Veterans Park down here. Well, a lot of that was his doing. We're getting that dirt hauled down there and getting the grass seed planted so that's ready to go uh, whenever they get uh, the funding for everything else. And then uh, the planning of the December Christmas. Uh, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more. Right. But it's easy. You know, works with the fire department, got a young family, does all the stuff for Farmers Day, all the stuff for the city. And I know he's paid by the city, but a lot of it is outside of the of the work time, right. and uh, so uh, I think Jessup would be, you say, okay, man of the year, who would we really miss? And for this year, we would miss Mike Fettgetter. If he hadn't been here, things would have been different and not in a good way, and so I'm, I'm very proud to know him. I think he's a great guy. Well, I want you to look over here, Dale. The Jessup 2023 <laughs> man of the year, Mike Fettgetter. Well, see there? Great minds. Both of us life. can't be wrong. Yeah, That's, so, right. All right. That's right. That's right. Um, it is. Although we we've uh, we've talked about different people in all our all of our uh, I think all the previous um, awards. This is the first one we've agreed on. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you finally come around. So. I have. <laughs> I, you led you led me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one. Uh, the 2023 Jessup Woman of the Year. Who do you have? Well, I took uh, Kelly Seahaus, who runs this place, and I think just. From an outside observer, I've been in here with you several times in the past year, and many times there are other people meeting here, and other times there are people working in these offices. And then during the day, you see people going in and out, and then all the high school kids, they're able to use this facility, and then her organizing the food trucks that are coming to yeah. kind of diversify our uh, taste buds, so we Italian and uh, Mexican and different kinds of foods like that. Uh, so I think she's done a wonderful job here, and I don't know if the place is making money or if it's supposed to or not. I don't know. But it just seems to me that uh, since they built this building and she's been in charge of it, that uh, it has gone just really, really well. And I don't know if it could have gone any better or not. I don't know what their aspirations were. But uh, I'm really proud of her, that the job she has done to keep this place going and to get it started. And uh, I'm anxious to see what ideas she has for the future. So. As, as, you, 
As that's a wonderful one. Every week we recognize Kelly at the end of the presentation. Yeah. We're proud to say that they allow us to broadcast from here um, weekly. Mm-hmm. And it, you're right, Kelly is one of the most organized, unflustered. I've never seen her. <laughs> I've never seen her flustered. Yeah. Ever. I mean, ever. I can come in and say, Kelly, what do you think of this? She's a great resource as well. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, she'll come with she'll come with uh, um, ideas to me. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot say enough of of Kelly. That's a great choice. Okay. Her name went went through my mind. Dana Dana Hummel. She okay. is on. She she works down at at Farmers Jessup Farmer State Bank, but she's also on the Chamber of Commerce. She does a lot for communi- the community here in town. She's a great organizer. Um, I had both of her children in school, great mother. Dana, Dana is is uh, one of the most competitive humans I've ever been around. Uh-huh. Um, and she she doesn't accept failure. Yeah. She, wa- she wants things, and she wants Jessup to succeed. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what makes it work is if, you, if, if you're – if your goal, you know, a goal like that to make Jessup succeed, be a better place to live, I think that's a worthwhile goal. That's what she's working for. That's the kind of people I like. But Kelly, and Kelly is, you know, we can't go wrong with either of those two winners. No, there, Dave. I don't right. think so. Yeah. Well, you know, there's others you could choose also, but uh, this is one that came to the forefront. Right. But uh, we have to save some for next year too. Say that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and so we get to the final big awards here. Um, the 2023 International Man of the Year. Who okay. Do you have? Well, I have Anthony Blinken. Do you know who he is? Um, he is, is he the Secretary of State? He's the Secretary of yeah. State. And uh, again, this is uh, reaching out into stuff where I don't know everything, but uh, he's been on the news recently flying back and forth and talking with the Palestinians and talking with the Israelis. And I think he was instrumental in getting the ceasefire so some of the hostages could be re, uh, removed. And I think he's also working to uh, get the aid into the people in Gaza. And uh, that's an ungodly situation. And trying to sort that out would, uh, I would just tear the brains out of anybody, I think. But it just seems to me that he's... Uh, not bombastic, or he's just a quiet, serious person with some good ideas, and people are listening to him when he talks. And so I think uh, he is, has done some real good. And so, and again, there's a lot I don't know, but just from what I have seen, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I think uh, maybe he's a guy to keep an eye on. So The, the Steve Brown Arts Center has some ties to that conflict, actually, um, which someday we'll tell you about. Okay. Um, on the air, but until this get, all gets over, we don't we sure. don't want to rock anybody's boat. That's not why we're on here. My winner of the year, or my international, not necessarily winner, winner of the but year, yeah, the international man of the year is Benjamin Netanyahu. Because I think Hitler was Time Magazine's man yeah. of the year once, you know. So the, yeah, it's not that they're popular or good people. It's just that they've made an impact on the world scene. So yeah, okay. Do you know Benjamin Netanyahu? Yeah, he's the head of Israel, right? Yes. Pri- is it prime minister is his title or president? Prime minister. Prime minister? Yeah. 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 I believe it's prime minister. Yeah. He uh, he is uh, probably the biggest criminal to ever to ever um, hold that office in Israel 
And before that attack in October, was that October 7th, I believe? Somewhere in there, yeah. Um, they were set to run him out yeah, of he was. Yeah, he was in real trouble. Yeah, and, and um, all of a sudden now, you know, he's saying, well, after this conflict, you know, I, we'll deal with that. Well, yeah. There, it doesn't look like the conflict is anywhere near ending. No. No. So, unfortunately. Yeah. Let's go to the International Woman of the Year. Okay, well, I picked Caitlin Clark again because I think the impact she's having on women's basketball in this country will carry over and, and be around, uh, around the world. And I would be surprised to see her be a basketball ambassador going to Africa like Louis Armstrong took jazz to Africa years ago. And uh, those kind of people have real impact once they're known around the world. And I, I, I see her as having the potential to be that sort of person because she seems like she wants to, to spread the word about women and what women can do and how strong women can be. And so uh, I chose her, I, 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 partly because I really, really believe it and partly because I don't know many international <laughs> women yeah. that have done a lot. So well, Serena, Serena, I'd be honest. Serena Williams, you know, what, did a lot for... For our country, and forgive me for saying this, but if she'd have been white, she'd have got double the oh. the uh, <clears throat> coverage that she got for yeah. the success she had yeah. in women's tennis. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt that Caitlin Clark is going to be recognized. Caitlin Clark, and there was a there was a question on Twitter today: Who's going to make the better pro? Um, Rutgers from UConn. Who was? Who was player? Who was the Caitlin Clark in high school before Caitlin Clark? Yeah, and or Caitlin Clark mm -hmm. and, and Paige Records has had two uh, knee injuries. Yeah, and she's playing now again this year. Um, and she's having a great year. You know, we I talked about Pilly from Utah, Records from UConn, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, and there's. Uh, Woman from down to Kansas State. Kansas State beat Iowa for the second year in a row. Mm -hmm. in a, they beat them in Iowa City this year. And last year they beat them down in down in Lawrence, or down, I think it's yeah, or is it Manhattan? I can't. It's a Manhattan. I think Manhattan yeah. Estate. I I wouldn't swear to it, but yeah. I think Lawrence is where the other one is. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the the argument, um, Caitlin Clark has been advertised. I'm sure Wreckers is a little more. Is a, is a little disappointed from what Caitlin Clark is, uh, yeah. but I'm sure she's making a lot of money at, at UConn as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, this um, has been interesting. It took a lot of thought. Yeah. Well, I thought about these a couple of days before I started writing things down. Yeah. I mean, uh, the my woman of the year was Taylor Swift, obviously for yeah. reasons that we talked about yeah. multiple over earlier. So we won't we won't go on. But I enjoyed yours, and and after I heard yours, I I would change. A number of mine. Oh, as would well. you really? Well, I would. Yeah, right. yeah. So, well, it's always interesting to see what different people think. And, yeah, um, yeah. I'm more of a, I'm more of a culture person. <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not saying cultured. Yeah. I like the culture part of it, mm -hmm. like Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, the A and I, Rustin, Coleman, Domingo, and Taylor Swift. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah. You're a little bit more political. Yeah. And, well, mainly because I don't keep up on the modern right. <laughs> entertainers or what's going on. I really don't. And uh, I don't care. Uh, I understand. I understand. This is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. And we're coming to you live from downtown Jessup 
in the annex of Cowork 591 Studios. Hey. And a little bit the the excuse me, gonna have to cut that. The library news, a little Todd story time meets every Thursday at 1030 for songs and stories and more. Don't forget the spice clubs. The December spice is crunchy cinnamon. Perfect for December. Pick up your sample and recipes to try at the Justin Public Library. Don't forget exercises with friends. Bring your friends every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 8 o'clock. Um, the book club this month meets Monday, December 18th at 1 p.m. And the, and the library book is God Rest Ye Merry Soldiers, a true Civil War Christmas story. Did you read that, Dale? Not yet, but I've, I've seen it over there. So, Do you go to the book club? No, I don't, but I, I, I read a lot of books, so uh -huh. I love the library. I, I, I love the library. Right. But, uh, but no, I usually don't go to the book. I see. I don't say usually. I, I never go. There. I just, it's not something I've really appeals to me. So well, I see they're doing a but, books and brew club. Um, I might go to that one. Okay. Um, so. in, in the, yeah. in I the, shouldn't say it doesn't appeal. I just, usually it just goes by and I don't think about it. I just, I read the books I want to read and I don't, I guess I don't like assigned reading anymore. But yeah. I don't mean to put the book club down. No, no, no. Because it's, uh, uh, I think it's great that it gets people to read and gives them a chance to talk about different things and uh, see things from another point of view and, uh. I used to love to have my students read novels and then talk about, the, you know, sometimes just a chapter at a time, but uh, to see what one saw that another didn't see. Try to bring up things yourself that maybe they didn't see to get them to think about it. And so I enjoy that sort of thing, though. So I didn't mean to put the book club down. It's just something that I don't. One of my most enjoyable lessons in school was having my freshman kids read Animal Farm. Oh, yeah. And comparing that to the Russian Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was amazing to see the growth of freshman students. Oh, yeah. As they compared, you know, they would say, oh, Napoleon is Stalin, isn't he? Yeah. And Snowball <laughs> is Trotsky. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it, it, you could watch and, and see lights going off oh, the yeah. top of people's heads. It Wonderful was, time to be a teacher, isn't uh, it, when was, that happens? It oh, was, man. Yes. Um, there's no movie Monday this uh, December. Save the date for the next movie to be announced, January 22nd. What's the spice this, this month? Oh, it was Carinchy Cinnamon. Oh, okay. We talked about that earlier. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. That's I all right. That. Um, exercise with friends. Um, we talked about that. Um, the book club closing early, Monday, December 18th at 4.30 for uh, library and service. Okay. Um, gingerbread people stem Friday. Friday, December 22nd, the community room. You must pre-register at the tiny URL, Gingerbread, to do that. The county extension is sponsoring that. Close for Christmas holiday, Monday and Tuesday, December 25th and 26th. Back open on the 27th. Got to tell you, Dale, um, as a basketball coach, I hated Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it just drove me crazy. Because you had it, nothing to do, right? Couldn't have practice. Days. Yeah. You know, it, 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 uh, <laughs> it, it took away my passion yeah. for a while, and I had to, had to get that passion back. Yeah. So those are the announcements for the Jessup Public Library. I'm just... Dale, we've got a couple of obituaries from the yeah, White Funeral. Yeah, why don't you let me read those, and you you rest a while. Thank so. you. Thank okay. you. Our first one is uh, for uh, Nicholas J. Weber, and uh, he passed away at his home on Tuesday, December 5th, uh, 2023, 
And funeral services were Tuesday, December 12th at St. Athanasius Catholic Church and uh, burial at the St. Athanasius Catholic Cemetery, uh, both in Jessup. Military rites were conducted by Pump Shear, American Legion Post 342 of Jessup. Uh, they had visitation at the church the night before. Memorials, the families encouraging memorials be directed to the giver's favorite charity order, St. Athanasius Catholic Church or school or Cedar Valley Hospice. And uh, as always, you can put uh, online condolences at uh, white-mounthope.com. That's the White Funeral Home. Uh, Nick was born in Waterloo on August 12, 1947. So same age I am, just a little, little younger, a couple months. To uh, Francis Joseph Weber and Patricia Ann Brewer Weber, he was the eldest of 13 children. So just think what responsibility he had growing up with all those brothers and sisters. He strong, graduated, I'm sorry. Sorry, a strong Catholic family, yeah. forgive me for interrupting. He graduated from Don Bosco High School, Gilbertville, uh, with a class of 65. Began work at John Deere in Waterloo that September and retired from there in 96. Uh, his work at John Deere was interrupted when he was drafted and served a tour of duty with the U.S. Army in Vietnam. Uh, he loved farming and purchased his own farm in 1971, and he was united marriage to Nancy Lou Shares on October 21, 1972 uh, in Jessup, and he was a member of St. Athanasius Catholic Church, the Knights of Columbus, uh, Pumpshire American Legion Post 342, and 4th Degree Knights of Columbus, and UAW, UAW uh, Local A38 in Waterloo. In addition to farming, he loved restoring old tractors. He could fix anything, was known to take scrap metal and create something, maybe steps for a tractor or a snowflake. Uh, he loved his six grandchildren. Whenever they arrived, all work ceased. He could be found in the crowd cheering them on in softball, volleyball, basketball, soccer, football, and swimming. Uh, he and Nancy enjoyed travel adventures together, and no person was a stranger uh, to Nick whose smile was contagious, and I can vouch for that myself. Uh, Nick is survived by his wife Nancy of Jessup, uh, one son Christopher, uh, Dee Dee Weber of Jessup, two daughters Andrea, uh, and her husband's B.J. Vanderlinden of Ames, and Stephanie Weber of Jessup, six grandchildren, uh, Isabel, Mallory, and Courtney Weber, Lily, Luke, and Owen Vanderlinden, and six brothers, uh, Frank Weber of Independence, Charles of Jessup, Philip of Fairbank, uh, Dennis of uh, Independence, David Weber of Waterloo, uh, Alfred Weber of Waterloo, and three sisters, Kathleen Weber of Hubbard, uh, Mary Sue Moore of, oh, Hubbard, Oregon, I'm sorry, uh, Mary Sue Moore of Manhattan, Kansas, and Annette Ingalls of Jessup. He was preceded in death by his parents, uh, two sisters, Ruth Weber and Jane Story, one brother, Michael L. Weber, and three brothers-in-law, uh, Colonel Hyman Seymour, uh, M.D., uh, Kevin Story, and Bruce Zimmerman. And the grandkids described Papa as hardworking, always positive about every situation, generous with everything special, his time, support, passion, the happiest person we've ever met, and we're so thankful for the time we've gotten with the best Papa we could have ever asked for. We will miss you more than anything. And my personal story about this man is uh, we, uh, I was on the library board here in town, and we had an opening, and we were looking for a man because you had that how you try to make your boards as even as possible men and women. And so I said, well, there's this guy, and I always meet, he's always down at the Dairy Cone, getting ice cream cone when I'm down there, it seems like. But wherever he sees me, he comes in, up and talks to me like he's known me his whole life, and just the friendliest darn guy, but I, I really can't pick out his name. And they said, oh, I bet it's Nick Weber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's who it was. 
And so I called him about being on the library board. He said, well, Dale, he said, I, I like to have it just no good. But I bet Nancy would be on. So we put Nancy on the phone. Right. And Nancy joined the library board. Oh, so cool. I, got, I got my mission accomplished. <coughs> I didn't get a man, but I got a wonderful board member in Nancy. What a wonderful person she is. So uh, I just thought it was so interesting. Oh, yeah, that's Nick Weber. You know, just describing. Yeah. It's such a friendly guy. And I honestly don't know how he knew me. But he talked to me like he had known me. I just I never could figure that out. But just the nicest guy. Very much so. The uh, the year I the year I was at Don Bosco, one of the first people I met, parent of a student, was Nick. You're right. He he started. He came up and started talking <laughs> to me like we'd known each other for yeah. for thirty years. Yeah. And, and just, I'll never forget mm. Nick's smile. Yeah. You know, if Dale, if uh, we and we talked about this before we went on air about uh, having an impact in life. We can have the impact that Nick Nick had. We will have a good impact. Yeah, that is very true. So, okay, our second obituary is a Penny A. Everett. Uh, she lives in Independence, but she used to live in Jessup. Died at her home Saturday, December nine. Uh, following a courageous battle with cancer, she was only fifty four. And Wednesday, December thirteenth, is uh, was her funeral, and she's being buried at Mount Hope Cemetery in Independence. And uh, Visitation was December 12th at White Funeral Home Independence. Uh, very nice lady. So she had a very short obituary. And uh, so those are the two obituaries we have. Thank you. Yep. If uh, you'd like to donate a story to the Steve Brown Arts Center or have an idea for the event, go to stebrownartscenter.org and follow the link. Or if you have news or would like to sponsor us, at email, email us at stebrownartscenter.org or call 319 319- that's Jim at stebrownartcenter.org. You call 319-0241 and leave a message. Dale, uh, you know, and a lot of this is due to Blake. We had a, a real success um, as we did our first live podcast up above the up above the the band gazebo. Gazebo. Thank you. I always <laughs> say pavilion. It's gazebo. Yeah. And and it was so much fun. It was cold. It's it's hard to stand outside in Iowa in December, and and Blake made our technology work. Um, used his phone for a little bit of it. I don't know if we'll go outside. Perhaps next year we'll talk to the public library or or whoever does the soup supper down the basement and and do it down there. Yeah. And we'll have more people around us that way and can watch us. We'll get more people to. Uh, learn about the podcast sure, as well. that'd be great. Uh, but it was a great success. As always, we'd like to talk about one of our sponsors, Donnie Jacobson Fabrication and Re- Jacobson Fabrication Repair. Donnie recently made two signs for us, an electric lit sign for us and a, and a metal sign for us. We're using it outside right now, outside of Cowork 591 Studios. Donnie's been an incredible supporter of, of the Steve Brown Arts Center and... He is, he has been a great success, and I'm so happy for Donnie yeah, and fun. and his business. He married a, a local Jessup girl and a writer girl, and he is. You know, we've talked about this. There's some great business people in our community, and Donnie is one of those. Yeah. Dale, uh, we had him on. We had him on the podcast a few weeks ago, if you remember. Yep. And he, I asked, I asked Donnie. I was out there recently, and I asked Donnie if he he listened to the podcast. So he said, "I'll never listen to that because <laughs> I, I'll, I'll regret uh, 
not saying one thing or saying one thing. Yeah. So that's our life every week, isn't it? It so, is. Yeah, so. It is. You're right. I go home and think, why did I say that, or why did I say that? Well, maybe Blake will cut it out. Is yeah, that, that's yeah. what I wish for. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are, we're running out of time this year, so um, I'd like to thank everybody that supported the Steve Brown Art Center this year, and we we are working to make it bigger and better. I'm Jim Gillespie. Thanks to co-host Dale Reber. Thanks to our producers Blake Tepes. Um, I don't know what I would do with either one of, without either one of these gentlemen. Dale and Blake are are make this make this what it is. And thanks to Kelly Seahouse at Core Five Nine One. Thanks to the audience for bringing these stray dogs into your day. Remember, each day is about little victories. <laughs>